You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Um, I think I'm here. All right, Greg Hectus. I'll be here. I got a major computer malfunction to worry about. Reinstall, Brad Wren. I'm here looking for my umbrella and galoshes. <laughs> John Curley. Hey, iRacers. And Justin Pearson. What up, my friends? Welcome. On today's show, we'll look at the upcoming Season 2 builds free content, newly added base content, see what special series from Season 1 will return for Season 2, Round 2 of the E-NASCAR Coke series, and can something under 25 really make your rig and racing experience better? That's right, Mike. And remember that you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all of the great topics and products we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting the show notes. We hope to see you there. into the news we go and we're going to kick it off with the base content to increase article and we have an announcement from iRacing that they're going to be adding Circuit de Ledino, the Motorsports Arena Orchestraven the Shetterton Circuit and the Winston Motor Raceway to the base content with the release of season 2 or with the release of season 2 can you say that again David I want you to go through those all again oh it's a mouthful they're all international tracks, so I'll, I'll throw that out. The one that catches my eye is the Winton Motor Speedway. And that's Australia, right? I, I don't know. Yes, it is. Okay. So, yeah, pretty happy. I don't, I don't think I've bought any of these, to be honest with you. So that works out for me. If they're going to be base content, they're probably going to be for some of the, I guess, uh, smaller class road racing, right? So it's probably not going to be IMSA going there because they never do anyway. No, but hey, get some more free content. I like it. I think um, when I first joined, the special at the time was Watkins Glen. You get Watkins Glen as part of the base content or something. I remember that uh, distinctly. But but nowadays, when you join iRacing, man, you get so much stuff. Um, it's It's probably quadruple, I would say, what I got. Yeah, I mean, I think you can basically join, and I mean, you can get started without ever really having to buy, I think, almost any content as far as in Rookie, can't you? This is also really helpful for leagues and host like, or maybe the stuff that Mike does all the time, where they like to use a lot of base content so they can get a lot of participation. Uh, it's a Reddit league, I think. I can't remember. I haven't run it in a long time. They, they, they run a different track and car combination every week. Right, and and this gives them more options where they don't have to worry about people owning a track. Look, if you're a new into iRacing and you're not wanting to buy content, like Brad has said, I mean, you can you can poke around as long as you're willing to jump around to different cars. 
look where you really get into buying content is like hey i want to run the 12 week season and then you end up buying tracks that are listed in the schedule and so forth but if you're willing to jump around you don't have to spend money and it's good for the for the newcomers who haven't spent a lot of money on equipment either right um so yeah uh it's good definitely i guess one follow-up question for you the group is what do you think goes into the decision making of they're building these new tracks and they're not going to get any revenue from them they're they're going to take them straight to the base content um what do you think of that? Is that i mean it's a little unusual well, other than the fast track, I don't know if they're they're motivated by making everybody buy new content and now as much as per, just putting out a good product. Are you talking about the four tracks, Mike, that they're that they're switching to base content? They're fairly new, aren't they? I that was going to be my question to you guys. Only being back on the service. I think Ledinon is. Yeah. Yeah. And- are any of them tracks that were already out? I don't own any of them. I've never run any of them. Or are they all new tracks? No. I mean, I just looked at and I mean, I, I three out of the four I didn't own. So I must have bought uh, Leadman at some point and didn't even realize it. So that's it's a little different than than putting out a completely brand new track. So they've had they have had some red revenue coming from it, but again, they probably have just decided that it it belongs probably in the series that are using base content. So that's why they need to switch it over. Because should you be having to buy a track for, if you're running r- rookie cars? Or they look at how many tracks are being sold and they look at the bottom of the list, the ones that are not being sold. This is the four that are at the bottom of the list, probably. That's another good point. Yeah, and there, and there may be a revenue uh, motivation here because as your license class goes up and you've got these tracks and you want to do different cars as your license goes up, you have to buy more cars. So there could be revenue, but th- that's fine. I mean, you got to make money. Well, just kind of going off of what John said, I mean, if you think if you've added four tracks, let's say to the base content, if you intersperse those in some of those early seasons, and then you also put some paid content in there. Do you get guys that can say, well, I can run eight of the weeks, you know, at, at no cost. And it's only going to cost me to buy a couple tracks. Right. Is it, is it like more advantageous to do it? Like you were saying there, Brad, um, you know, you're, you're, you're enticing people to get addicted to it. And then all of a sudden, Oh man, it's only 14 bucks. If I want to participate for another week or, and then all of a sudden, oh, I've participated enough in this. I got 15 bucks of credit for running a full series. Then they get you more and more. It's kind of, I think it's more of, they're okay with the subscription model being there for to keep the some revenue going. And then if they slowly drip feed people getting content here and there, um, they're probably happy with it. It's, it's uh, I, I don't know, like I know David runs a different type of sim with the, combat thing and they they buy different planes and stuff like that so it's you know different sims and like that they do this type of thing where they get you kind of hooked and once you got they you know when i started there wasn't a lot of content so when they added something then you were able to just add it when you were going and then you end up with 80 percent of the content all the time because you're already there but i couldn't imagine starting over right now and and, and buying all this stuff I mean, I can remember, I mean, I started long enough ago. We didn't have all the NASCAR tracks yet. 
Yep. So it was it was no big deal to buy one when it came out. You know, and I'll say as someone who left the service for six years, I was pleasantly surprised when I came back that so much of what I had previously bought <clears throat> had been updated and I didn't have to pay for it again. So, you know, the, the, the concept of, you know, it's, it's I rent or whatever people say. I mean, for somebody who, again, was gone from the service for, you know, over six years, everything I had was there when I came back, which was nice. All right. Well, that's enough on that. Let's hit the next topic. We got a feature wish list for, uh, for the WIP or NSIM UI. All right. So remember they were working on the, uh, 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 the you know what you see when you're in the car the relative box is going to be rebranded and you know the flag looks different in the corner and that kind of stuff so that's what he's talking about uh, so they're working on that in sim ui is what he calls it and so the forum post is basically what do we want to see as drivers in that you know what that you know iRacing hasn't thought of yeah, and one of the uh, you know t topics discussed was there's a lot of the stuff that you can do through third parties. Why doesn't iRacing look at maybe integrating some of that stuff so you don't have to go to a third party route uh, to get things? Yeah, they never take it far enough. I mean, they've done that before. They they put out a little dash at one point with RPM uh, oil and oil temps or something, and you can push a key on your keyboard and bring it up, but nobody uses it because it looks like crap. Yeah, I mean, some of the suggestions, you know, were like two separate black boxes. That way you could have something for your standings or relative or have your in-car uh, pit adjustment. So, you're not, so you know, you're not having to scroll through all the black boxes every time. So, I mean, personally, I think it's probably a good idea if they're going to revamp it, you know, if they could maybe offer some other stuff. Um, it'd just be nice to not have to launch, you know, another application if it can be done natively in, in the sim. I think if you could keep it all on iRacing too, wouldn't your system run a little bit smoother? It'd be easier to run instead of having five apps open like I do now. Right. That's what I'd like to see. It just just like Justin says. I mean, we're running Joel Real Timing and um, you know all these other apps. You know, um, sim racing apps. I have three or four. You know, if they if they build all that stuff in. And, we wouldn't need it, you know, and I think everyone would like it, but you didn't have to run it, you know, have it where it's optional. The only thing is, though, when you have a guy doing it like sim racing apps and or JRT, you got an individual who's paying attention to just that particular aspect. And JRT is light years beyond what's available in the black boxes. And even with this wish list, still won't be anywhere close. All right. I mean, so the wish list isn't so bad of an idea, but. Uh, it's not going to get me off a of JRT if they add these five things. Maybe it's like, you know, they found that guy who did the uh, the iOS and Android app, and they just bought him. They just hired him. Maybe they need to hire Joe Real Timing guy <laughs> or something like that. Look, why couldn't they build in their own little server? So just like Joe Real Timing works, where you you launch it in a browser on a four screen for for timing and scoring. It seems silly that iRacing doesn't have this built in. But but it's one of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's already working well as a third-party app. And you can have competition for the third-party app, whereas if you just hire one guy and he's just doing it in-house, it's going to eventually get stagnant. And uh, I, think, I think the third-party app is the better model for this kind of stuff. 
we get more innovation this way, you know, with individuals coming up with unique ideas and stuff. And and Joel's not even really comfortable. I actually invited him to come onto the show, and he said he's not comfortable speaking English. I, I, I forget where he's from. I think it's uh, – I don't he's remember. In France. Okay. Yeah, he's just not comfortable coming on and speaking English. So it would be interesting putting that guy, moving him to – he's not going to move to Massachusetts probably. <laughs> um, you know, I like the idea of the double relative box or the, or the double black box. And you put one way over on the side and maybe just have your pit adjustments open so you can always quick look at them. Yeah, and you essentially get that if you're running the JRT dashboard and the relative from JRT. True. All right, so whether it's dead on arrival or not, Superstar Racing Experience is coming to Season 2. Let's talk about this one, Brad. Yeah, so we got a couple of videos that uh, iRacing's released um, of the SRX that's coming uh, next week now. Um, so, I mean, the car looks great. Um, you know, I'm, I think it, I think it would be a very good thing either for leagues, um, some some special stuff. Um, but I mean, again, it it looks fantastic. I think SRX at Michigan with about fifty guys. John, we've done races like that and hosted. Uh, I think this would be a great car for that kind of thing. I, I do too, Mike. Eh. You, you know, if you in in these videos, you can see this car runs on both asphalt and dirt. I mean, it's an oval car, but it looks like it has a lot of downforce, a lot of grip. I I don't see it necessarily being an official race series, uh, but yeah, it might be good for some of those hosted or league races. Keep in mind, this car was designed for short tracks, uh, specifically not wanting to be out running 180 miles an hour. Right. But that hasn't stopped me from running F1 on Talladega and stuff like that, and, or the Caddy at Daytona. Or, But I hope the gear, they open up the gears. I hope the gears are open so we can run it at big tracks. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how it gets handled uh, at the launch. So, um you know, I don't we have we don't have I think we've got anything on week thirteen yet, so it'd be interesting to see um again how they handle the series. And if they said anything is this this is not gonna be included, I'm assuming this is gonna be a purchase, right? I think so. I haven't heard anything about it being free. Yeah, and I kinda wonder, you know, if it I mean this started iRacing started this project quite a while ago. Would they have done this had they known SRX was gonna fold uh over the winter? Time? I doubt it. Yeah, I seriously doubt it. I think it's almost uh, a little bit mind-blowing that SRX set up this deal. I wonder if they got any money from iRacing for the licensing to to run it after they, and then turned around and folded. Well, well, to that point, I mean, should Steve Myers be doing his homework a little bit better? You know, before, <laughs> like... Hey, look, I, I was probably a week away from purchasing tickets for the closest race for us. I mean, that that's literally the, the day that they announced they were closing, they were still advertising racing. So I don't think anybody knew this was coming. I really don't outside of SRX. Well, and that was interesting to hear Ray Everham's uh, interview with Dale Jr. about his involvement in the series and how he thought it probably wasn't going to work out. 
Well, I wonder if they come with rain tires, uh, but we do know some other cars do. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Justin? Yeah, uh, David, there's a post on X uh, from iRacing, and it shows off some upcoming rain. And it looks like Daytona is very wet in some of these videos. So rain ASMR, if you've heard of that before. And it, yeah, you can actually see the see the uh, shiny surface on the ground. You can see it droplets causing little rings. So it's just definitely going to be graphics intensive. Well, yeah. the sound. I I was very turned on by the sound of it too. And then the crew chief. It's going to be raining for a while or something like that. You know. Yeah, I think it looks fantastic. I mean, it really does. Yeah. Again, I'm just <laughs> seriously worried about how my PC is going to perform, and I've got a brand new PC. So we have a video. We also have some uh, uh, X post, or is that a, yeah, this is X, and there's some pictures, and there's a cat, a caddy in the default paint running around damp track. You know, it doesn't. Well, no, this this is active rain, isn't it? And um, yeah, look at the reflection and how how that looks with the with the reflection of the BMW. You opened that picture, David, the Cadillac big screen. Mm -hmm. It looks real. I mean, it doesn't look like eye racing. It looks like a real shot, like a real camera picture. Pretty pretty uh, impressive. You know, like you said, all the reflections, the mist. Yeah, the the one with that uh, Skip Barber car or whatever other. Uh, lower end formula car is doesn't that one doesn't look as realistic i don't know i mean you can see the tire track you can see the rooster tail coming off of it not that looks pretty good to me yeah but the and, up in front of it up in front of it that just doesn't look right it's really pixelated kind of the black yeah the little black the patch, back, yeah that that's distracting and i wonder I mean, how much of that we're gonna see you know weird stuff like that and it's just also going to depend on how much uh, you you can run on your PC because uh, those whose PCs can't handle it, they can just turn most of these effects off. So that makes me think, though, if if I have a really crappy PC and I turn rain off and it's actually racing in the rain, but I can't see it, but I still can drive, I have to drive in it, but I can't see it? Well, I would probably leave the droplets off because you don't need the droplets what you need is the surface information you need to just see be able to see where it's shiny and where it's dry right and that's the same that's probably running off the same engine that d runs on dirt and remember if you don't have a certain feature turned on dirt you can't see where where it's fresh dirt and where it's worn out dirt so where the guy with I'm sorry, Brad. The guy with the cheap computer, he gets full visibility because he doesn't have to see mist and drops and everything else. And and the guy who has all the everything turned on, he can't even see. But you know, I don't. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the options are. Um, you know, it'll it'll that would be too much of an advantage if you could just turn it down. I mean, it's right. Could, could you, could, couldn't you like, I mean, I'm trying to think back in the day, couldn't you, could we turn smoke off at one point? Yeah. It's particles or something. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly, when they like, they released the new smoke model, you know, probably back about 14 or so and 15. And it was like, I remember you could like, you could turn off smoke. That's interesting because is that an advantage or not? I mean, I know I almost died in a wreck 
where I couldn't see where the car was because he was completely blocked by the smoke. But at the same time, I knew he was wrecking because of the same smoke. Correct. Well, where you won't see tire smoke is in this next free content, John. No, you won't. So we got some free content. The the new dirt micro sprint. They're going to release both winged and non-winged versions of this little car. Uh, I'm excited about this. I'm kind of a closet dirt racer. You know, that's what I got my start on in life, going to dirt races, uh, both indoor and outdoor. And what's really cool about these cars, if you've if you've ever gone and watched dirt micro sprints live the sound the sound of these cars is spot on in iRacing with this uh this clip they've got they show both indoor and outdoor races so it's going to be fun now the video is maybe the first time ever i've seen a, a content teaser video that says placeholder sound in use so you were just talking about how important the sound is for this particular car um, these aren't the actual sounds that we're going to end up with in the game. That's what that uh, that tag indicates. Um, but they wanted to get us a video out before next week when you know week thirteen comes, and uh, they got. I guess they weren't ready with the sounds. Boy, those are tiny little cars, aren't they? I'm excited. You know, we talked. I think last week. I have not done any dirt racing, and it's probably because there's nothing that's entry level. So I'm excited. This is definitely something that's on the list for me is is to start to try to get a handle on dirt. Um, so it, have you tried the late model? No, I haven't tried any of that. <laughs> I think the late model is kind of entry level. But yeah, that, that's funny. They old dirt. No, that's gone. Oh. I did a dirt late model this week, uh, and yeah, they're fun. I mean, it's they're a handful, but these little things on some of the tracks, you can just flat foot it and go all out, go around those tracks. All right, the next title, I, I've got to pitch in on this one because the title is is I find it problematic. Here's why: some teachers will tell you there's no such thing as a stupid question; they're lying. Uh, the question is, is Sim 2 Real Racing a possibility? And th that's a kind of a dumb question, considering it's already a reality. But the whole thing about this story, David, is somebody was talking to Max Verstappen, our, our world champion, on the potential of Sim Racers. And he says, quote, I do believe Sim Racers can move into real racing. Yeah, and that's my point is it's already happened. We, our Daytona 500 winner, Raja Caruth, right? Running a full-time ride support, supported by Hendrick, right? Well, let's take the question into context. Who are they asking? So I read into that like they're saying, can a sim racer get to F1? And, and I think Max is saying yes. That's how I read this. Yeah, I'm just making a point that it's already happened in other divisions, Right. I'm, I'm, I'm picking on the title more than than the, the question to Max. So I'm just giving Brad a hard time, I guess, if he's the one who came up with, it, with, with the caption. <laughs> OK, point taken. So Max, Max, Max agrees. Let's talk Sebring. Uh, do you mean Bathurst? Oh, I bet that hurts, right. <laughs> Did I say Sebring? Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, alone uh, ran the, the uh, Bathurst. And on lap one 
of his force split uh, 5,000 strength of field, uh, yeah, they all stop in a little pile up at the end of the long straight coming off uh, the start finish there. And he had to basically just stop there for a good 10 or 15 seconds as uh, everyone got sorted. Uh, boy, what a way to start the race. How'd you guys do? We had a good run for about five hours, five hours. And then I just blew it. And on, in the last left hand turn before the chase and slapped the wall too hard and, and caused a lot of damage and didn't want to finish with a broken car. Cause I knew it'd never be me the same again. We were running. I went from like 43rd to, to uh sixth but then just yeah just finally choked around uh hour six yeah we uh i was i started and i think it was lap two i had a guy losing in front of me and instead of hold the brakes he gassed up and just pulled right back up and i couldn't avoid him and i think about six or seven more cars piled into him and uh we were behind from the very get-go um we tried we soldiered on uh had a, a bunch of damage we got fixed, but uh, I guess it was probably around hour six, six or seven somewhere. I got back in the car, did my first stint, and um, you know, was getting overzealous. We were in 30 something, but I was, I'd run down third place, run down second place, and you know, Penny came out on cold tires, and I just lost it and stuffed it in the wall and it was like 12 or 15 minutes of damage and i was like yeah we're done we weren't going to pick up any more spots and uh we finished exactly where we would have finished if we'd have gone ahead and run it the way out so um disappointing but it was fun i think justin and uh and john had a good time and that's that's the whole point of it so we'll get better as we go along you know yeah definitely gaining the experience and i wish i had not choked but i ran good for most of it and if you look at matt's You'll notice, I mean, yes, somebody messed up up there, but a lot of the guys in mid-pack were, were definitely of the mentality of, yeah, this is a 12-hour race. I can afford to just stop, and it's not going to mess my race up. And so a lot of guys didn't just plow through and drive through the wreck, which so it looked like actually, for the most part, a good example of intelligent racing. Yeah, other than the, uh, you know, lap one hero. Yeah, that that track is more intimidating by look than it is once you actually make a couple laps there's a lot of rhythm to it there's right rhythm now. but the th just but it's just if you mess up either in the dipper or going into the chase you kill the car there's no forgiveness yep uh, i was fine going up the mountain where i struggled was coming down every time so just finding a good rhythm with that but it was fun uh, like i said we had a good time uh these things are are enjoyable um i'm sorry i'll miss sebring we'll be out of town but you know i know you guys are gonna at least field a card or car or two i hope we have enough for two so far i haven't been posting any updates yet so we'll get that going next time brad needs to be promoted to the a team b team barely keeps up with him that's <laughs> uh, all good man y'all are picking up that's all good he don't want to run the run the uh, GTP yet. I don't think. Nope. I like the GT3. John, you, you didn't bend it. You know, I was in there. Uh, I I spent a lot of time in the pits, but but all the damage was repairable. You know, my my uh, problem with this racing, and I've I've got to figure it out is. I, I'm, a, I'm too courteous because when I got cars coming up on me, I'm going to get out of their way. They're faster than me. But every time I do that, I end up wrecking the car 
being the nice guy. So I'm done with that. Well, what you do at a road course kind of is more helpful. If you're over courteous and you go out of your way to get out of the way in a way that's kind of unpredictable, you can actually screw the guy behind you up too. What you've got to do is just allow that guy to get in position. And then once he's beside you, back up but you run the racing line until he pulls beside you and then back out of the corner and let him have the corner and that, that that's really the safest way for both guys and especially in multi-class when every once in a while i'll come up on a guy that's and, and i'm not close enough to dive bomb him and but he's used to i guess some other guys dive bomb him what i'll do is i'll intentionally go a little wide so I can try to cut under him. Well, if he decides to also try to go wide and slow down because he's going to let me dive bomb him, I'm not, and I'm not ready for it. I'm going to run into him on the outside lane. So just, yeah. j- just let him get a, let him set up the pass. Just don't fight him once they're there, right? Just don't make it extra difficult. Yeah. So you know, John, like I've told you, you know, it's just keep working on your license. Um, the best way to learn is is to get into a multi class. Um, series you know and, and then choose to drive the slower car because it, it'll it'll teach you how to drive um how to, to let guys pass um you know I, and how you know I, I wish that some of the guys that drove gtps would run gt3 so they'd have a better understanding of what it's like to to, to be a slower class car um and, and you know not be so aggressive at times when it comes to, to passing slower class cars and I can say I have done that. I started with GT3s, and I loved driving the GTE when it was around. So I have I have done that, and it, you get you get a little bit of better perspective, but also at the same time, I I kind of know when I do drive the slower car, I know what the faster class for the most part should expect. Correct. So running both cars is actually pretty smart. All right. Uh, John, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, iRacing highlights? Yeah, so there there are ten uh, highlights for February, and the thing, the theme that I noticed about all these, uh, if you look at this, is there's really good two and three wide racing. It is possible when you look at these to see guys go three wide because they're they're holding the line. It's it's just a good lesson on, you know. <laughs> be patient don't get overly aggressive hold your line you can do three wide uh and um it, it works if you just use your head last one especially the number one was the uh, uh lotus 49s at motegi and uh they're doing three wide in these babies with no downforce and barely holding on that was a really good one and the one right before it uh we had open wheel cars i don't know what they are f3 maybe or iro4 um side by side at long beach you know through the tight streets and and he makes this pass that basically gets done over three or four different corners but they're you know courteous and side by side and don't touch and you know it's the kind of cool racing you like to see all right, I'll jump to the next one. Malik Ray posted about his Coke race from last week. He said on X, quote, if you're unaware last week, I was DQ'd after the race for pacing on the apron after the race. The stewards thought, think, I'm a dumb enough to try to cheat, heat up my tires while I'm live streaming the actual race. So they uh, credited him with a last place finish. 
he posted a picture of the rule book and the rule book does say um about not being on the apron it says at a track with an apron the lanes must be established above the inside painted line failure to abide with these rules may result in race disqualification so this was the the first coke race at daytona and he ran really good there too i think he, he almost won it if i remember right but um yeah he loses all his points and everything well, the advantage of being down there is it has nothing to do with heating up the tires. It's saving fuel. Well, you, you wouldn't want to heat up tires at super speedway anyway, would you? I don't think you'd want to heat it up really at almost any oval. But look, I mean, a... we, I mean, we ride on the apron sometimes when we're pacing, just so you don't get run over from behind. You know, you have people cook it in there, and um, something like David says, sometimes you go down there to save fuel. You know, it's easier to roll the car on the on the flat. Is this really worth DQing a guy over? I guess that's the question. Is this should this be a rule? Well, it was requested the season before, so somebody was abusing this at some point, and the competitors themselves asked for this rule, according to the post. Looks good on TV when they're not on the apron. Maybe that's why. Well, if you're on the outside line, you can't pace on the apron, so you can't save fuel. I mean, I mean, of course, you're supposed to be single file when you're pacing anyway, but... But wasn't this an exploit at one point? Yeah, I don't think so. Not pacing on the apron. No, I mean, the only real advantage is that you, you, consume, you can consume less fuel down there. Let's talk about the Coke race. I mean, Cody Bias, Nick Ottinger ended up side-by-side side at the end of this, going for the win. Nobody was really within range they were racing pretty respectfully until they saw the checker in uh, Barney's hand. And uh, Nick, it looked like he got a little loose maybe as they were really door to door. And he came down into Cody bias, took Cody bias out completely, took them both out really completely. Uh, and that allowed third place Keegan Leahy to get by and and sneak the win um and so as they wrecked he he was in the right spot to capitalize and our um a former champion keegan leahy takes it i actually watched this one live this was this was a per i mean it was actually awesome there's three different strategies going and that what's the guy's name um i can't remember but the guy on the inside of turn three he's the one that actually got loose and kicked up and wrecked the guy. Cody Bias. Yeah, Cody Bias got loose and kicked up and wrecked the other guy. And then Keegan Leahy. Is that what it was? Split. Yeah. Then Keegan Leahy just split the middle. And he walked into that one. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I caught the last, I guess, about 10, 15 minutes of it. And Ottinger had a nice lead. Um, and the guys had taken tires, and there was another group coming. They weren't going to get there. But Bias just, he drove him down. And, um, you know, got up underneath him and, and just got, he got loose. I mean, it's just all it is. Um, you know, from I can tell you from from our races this week. Um, you know, you get super aggressive in three and four on the bottom line, and and then the car will get free, and that's just what it looked like happened. But uh, you know, Keegan was there to capitalize, and and that's all you got to do sometimes, just be in the right spot at the right time. So the top five were Keegan Leahy, Nick Ottinger, Colin Keister, Matt Busa, and Parker White. And with uh, two races out of the way, Keegan Leahy has a points lead as long as well as one win. Casey Kerwin, Steve Wilson, Caden Honeycutt, and Colin K. 
Keister, wrap up the top five, and Wyatt Tisley is also probably locked into the playoffs with one win. Didn't they change the format a little bit this year on how you get into the playoffs? Like, for example, just, I mean, you're not automatically in for a win, or are you this year? I think you are, but I think there's like stage points, bonus points also that are a factor. Yeah. As after four races or something is a stage or after three. I'll have to go back and reread it. I don't remember. Yeah, something like that. All right. It's not Draftmeister, Mike. It's Ringmeister. Yeah, Ringmeister returns for season two, and they posted the season two schedule here. Um, and so this is where they run at the ring every week, but they change cars each week. Uh, week one, Cadillac. Uh, Clio, uh, Lotus 79, Honda Civic, BMW M8, uh, Stock Car Brazil, MX5 Cup, uh, Corvette, GT3 Ferrari, Radical SR8, Formula V. And that's one of the old Corvettes, the GT1. Such a fun car. I need to get back to this series. I kind of got away from it. Um, and, and I don't want to buy anything, but if I have the car, I'm going to try to run it, especially that where our licenses are getting split. Don't forget that next week after next week, um, you're going to have, uh, open wheel license and, uh, what a road car license or whatever they're going to call it. So I guess, depending on which car you may have a different I rating, right? Cause there's like right. two open wheels on here. I think Lotus. The Lotus and the Formula V. Yep. So yeah. So starting next week, your whatever your road rating is, it's going to get you know it's going to be identical for open wheel or I think they're calling it sports car. So if you've got a fifteen hundred, you're going to start with fifteen hundred in each, and then it'll go from there. And then Draftmasters back, and they made a slight change to this. They added in the iRacing Super Speedway to the mix. I don't know if I like that, but what do you think of that one, John? Yeah, I I do draft master here and there. I I kind of like it. Uh, you know, I racing super speedway is a a good wide track, a lot of speed. Uh, it breaks up the monotony of just having Talladega and Daytona, and it gives us some use out of that I racing super speedway because you know there are not a lot of races that are run there. Uh, so yeah, I'm okay with it. You know, it's it's speed. Uh, it's a quick hit. It feeds that adrenaline rush. Uh, I don't think it's any worse than Talladega or Daytona. Uh, if people will just be patient. I think I, the iRacing Speedway, I think it's kind of arcadey to me, in my opinion. Too exaggerated for a speedway. It was an arcade uh, speedway to begin with. I mean, that's why. But look, for, for my opinion on this, I think when they run the iRacing Super Speedway, it's going to be a ghost town. I just think people will flock to the regular races at Daytona and Talladega, and they'll probably stay away from the Super Speed, the iRacing one, for the same reasons I do. It's just like like Justin said, it's just not right. There's something not right about it. So the I've never run these. Is did they change the format? Was it always you know like? Six weeks at one, six weeks at the other, and alternate. What did it yeah. do? Yeah, just Talladega. So just Talladega and Daytona, and then they would switch the cars. 
Okay. It's the so same you, cars they're running here. Yeah, trucks, 87, next gen, and then COT. Okay. I would think they could solve the, the whole Daytona crappy racing thing with just put the chicane in. Don't run the whole road course, but just put the chicane in. And put you can they have a they, they, have, they have enough problems just driving in circles. Okay. Well, you're right. But, and, and you Go guys ahead. are right. It is a little bit arcadey. I mean, when you know, for iRacing, we're looking for realism. We wanna we wanna be like the real the real deal. iRacing is not a super speedway is not real. And so it does feel a little bit weird. Um I just kind of get the mindset that I'm going to go fast on a big track and just go with it. I mean, there was controversy when it came out, you know, because this was the first fantasy track that iRacing published. And the same with the jet car when the jet car came out. It, it was uh, the first fantasy car that didn't really exist, you know. Didn't the, isn't the iRacing Speedway basically the old, what, Coke Speedway from NR2003? Correct. Okay. And and in fact, they thought they were going to get the naming rights to name it the Coke Speedway. And in the last minute, um, Coke didn't go along with it, apparently, so they had to rename it. So while we're talking these rotating challenges series, we also have the weekly challenge for Season 2. And this is a different car and different track every week. And it's all over the place. I don't think we need to read all of them. But it's got it can go anywhere from the GT1 to the Toyota G86. Uh, it's even got the Pro 2 trucks in here at Circuit Gilvenu. That's going to be interesting. Pro 2 trucks at Montreal. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I started this last season, and <clears throat> be honest with you, it was a bun- had a bunch of open wheels. <laughs> I was getting just destroyed, losing a ton of high rating. Um, again, not a you know, most of my road racing has been in sports cars, so not used to that and getting thrown into splits, you know, with, with really fast guys. Um, so I do like the idea that we're splitting up the road, uh, uh, the road license, because this actually may allow me to, to maybe think about running this again. It was fun the, for the, the few weeks I ran. Yeah, that's going to be the beauty of the license. Um, hey, I don't want to mess up my regular road license because I do special events and stuff. But I want to dabble in open wheel and not worry about consequence. This one also only has three true open wheels. Am I am I reading that right? Super Formula Lights. The sixteen hundred and the Formula B. Yeah, just three this time. They had more open wheels, I think, uh, this current season. Would you ever have thought of running a Legends Coupe at Sonoma on the Cup Circuit? <laughs> Well, believe it or not, the Legends, that, that car is used quite a bit in Europe for road racing. And it's kind of fun to drive. I know that, that racing league that yep. jump around from car to car would run Legends at road courses. I think I've run it at Brands Hatch before. All right. Well, we already had the car, but it's becoming official now that as, as a partnership. WCS and iRacing have partnered to bring the TCR series with branding to iRacing. So the series, I guess, already existed, but now it's going to have the official branding in it. And I think it's going to be basically added to every car where it's automatically on there as a stamp. Yeah, you always want the sanctioning body to to be involved in the iRacing season. Logos and and naming rights and that kind of stuff. So 
it's very good news. Yeah. Anybody have any idea what kind of what the participation's like in the series? Well, TCRs oh. particularly, you're kind of popular in the in the up and coming sports car world now. Yeah. Uh, they don't they run in the Michelin autopilot? In the real world, yeah. Now in our racing, we just end up running the GT fours and the um, uh, LMP twos. But um, now, like at the Roar, I think they were there was three classes in the Roar, and I think this was one of them, wasn't it? So let so me read Michelin, something out of the article. Michelin doesn't have I, the TCR. I think it does. Okay. It said iRacers can expect to see the TCR branding added to iRacing in the coming months. In addition, any future TCR cars to join iRacing's roster of more than 120 officially licensed vehicles will carry the TCR branding as well. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, Mike. In that, in that, oh, go ahead, John. Well, I was just I was, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say I think TCR is trying to expand their North American market. Uh, and I think getting into iRacing, you know, with the sponsorship is an effort to do that. Uh, hope it works for them. I, I, you know, it's it's not strong in North America, but but that's what they're trying to do. Podcast housekeeping, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us. Mention the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out. We do appreciate that. Get involved in the Discord. Uh, look, in Discord this week, we have a section in there called rig uh, or equipment or something. Somebody in there posted up a picture of somebody's rig who had a uh, big... Uh, curved widescreen monitor but they set it up vertically on the right side of the rig and they ran like joel real timing on, on the whole thing it was great because you could see first through 50th all in the same monitor anyway get involved in the discord it's fun and uh check the show notes iracerslounge.com we're in regular rotation at performance motorsports network get your hats t-shirts Mouse pads, giant mouse pads are really cool at uh, iracerslounge.shop. Let's talk fantasy. So did anybody in the group pick a winner here? No. Not even close. It's a heck of a race, though. Okay, so I got the standings finally for Atlanta. We got first, Canadian, second, Chris Scales, Jedi, Jedi McFly, third, Trick Dickle. Four, Irason Mason. Five, Cletus 45. Six, Fat Boy 1990. That's Tyler Williamson. Justin, you're 12th. I'm trying. I actually understand what to do now. I was just kind of free willing it last year. I didn't know the strategy per se. I'll be honest. I didn't update after Daytona um, anything, so that probably hurt me. So what'd you think of the racing? I mean, we ended up with uh, Daniel Suarez and three wide and you had to look at the photo finish. And, you know, during Denny Hamlin's broadcast, he talked about the photo finish cameras are from the 1980s or something. I mean, I agree with him. Why are we looking at blurred images of them going across the line in 2024? There's got to be a better way to, to capture the, the finish of these races. 
Yeah, Mike, that that was pathetic. I could. I, it was like I was using my old VHS recorder from the 1980s, videotaping somebody's wedding. I mean, they got to be able to do better than this. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, and you know, the end of the race. You know, I guess that really made it a good race. I mean, if we didn't have that ending, was it a good race? I don't know. Well, the the list of cars that didn't wreck was very very short. It was it was a it was an i racing wreck fest. I just don't like lottery racing. Period. So I know everybody's excited. Yeah, closest finish ever. Um, it it it's uh, it feels a, it gimmicky and manufactured. It does. And the other thing, I think I told you guys this week or maybe even last week, but man iRacing kudos to iRacing for matching what NASCAR's racing product is. When we race in NIS, it looks exactly like it does when they race on Sunday afternoon. Wreckfest, yep, check, check mark, yep. You know, three wide finish, yep, that's possible in iRacing too, check mark, you know. But 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 really when we ran at Atlanta in iRacing, it's just like it is in NASCAR. I mean, the the way the the flow is of the race, the the way the runs come, and just everything. I would disagree. The stack ups. I would disagree. The stack ups, yes, but I, I don't think our races went anywhere like what we saw in the cup race. We were stuck and couldn't go anywhere. That's true. We couldn't move forward, right? No, there was very little passing. Yeah, it was. You couldn't do anything. I mean, it was basically like what we saw, you know, the Xfinity race. Um, you know, I I agree with David. Yes, it's 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 kind of hokey. Um, I think it will get better though. I really do think we get a few more years on the surface, and I think it's going to get better to where you're going to get away from some of that pack racing, and, and I think you'll get you never get back to to what we had in Atlanta. And from a driver's aspect, we all loved Atlanta, but you know, for the common fan, I just don't think they appreciate what it took to run and be competitive in Atlanta. Um, you know, a, a purist is going to like to watch those races and to watch them, them, them flow naturally in the way they should go. Um, but at the end of the day, NASCAR is in the entertainment business, and we, we, we have to realize that. Okay, and then going into Vegas, what do we like here? Who do we like here? Hendrick's been dominant, I think, what was it, the last four races they won? Maybe five? Right. I don't know. It's a crapshoot. Um you know, still got a lot. Nobody knows what the Fords are going to be like at the at the intermediates or the Toyota. Chevrolet is the only one that's got some history at the intermediates. Um, the other two with new new bodies. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of guys that are very buried very deep in the points. Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski. You know, there's guys that are have got a lot of work to do to to dig out of a bad start. You give a Ford a clean air, though they're gone. I don't know. I, I, we're not going to know until till Sunday. I'll call it a safe bet not to pick a Stuart Haas car. Well, you got two of them Let's that are Chevy. I mean, hey, look, all of us have more NASCAR points than uh, the the ten and the forty one do. Well, Briscoe was a few laps from winning that. I think he was like sixty to one to win it on DraftKings or something crazy. He was wrecking every corner. I just finally caught up with him. Will this computer run iRacing?
Not now. All right, let's kick off hardware software with a new H pattern shifter. We got an Instagram post from I or AIO logs showing off a new H pattern shifter. And it's an uh, Instagram video, it looks like. What do you think of this one, John? Well, I, you know, I think it looks pretty cool. It's got this oval or uh, a round opening on the side of it with a with a light like an you know reddish color light and it just shows an animation of the shifting uh reversed five gears uh this is i i and i, I ao logs i honestly haven't heard of them before looks like a pretty good shifter, pretty small profile i have this one i have the sequential though so they so they came out with sequential and and he's been selling that for a long time this is a guy from saint petersburg russia and um and you know when i did my research for sequential shifter this is the one i ended up buying is a logs and then he came out with a handbrake that looked very similar and now he's got his third product this uh, h pattern and um my uh, sequential, it has a clear uh, panel on the top of the shifter, actually, where you can see the inner workings. And it's got a little red LED in there uh, as well. Look, this thing's made out of metal. Uh, it's got a really good click when you go to shift. Um, really nice stainless steel handle and everything. Uh, it was kind of tricky to mount. Looks like he might have some other mounting options with this new unit. Um, but man, I'm tempted, man. I'm tempted to have two of them side by side. Like they're pretty small too. Like if, if you get them right next to each other, I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, you know, instead of having the the unit that can switch it, you know, you have a switch and you switch it and you just it all in one unit, maybe you just have two. You know what I noticed about this? It, it looks like the range of motion on this is pretty small. So when you've got something like that, is it is it hard? easy to accidentally put it into the wrong gear or do you have enough movement there that you're going to go in the right gear well it's hard to say i mean the, the sequential i have is quite different than h pattern so and i have no problems with it I, I would recommend it to anyone and based on the quality of that i'm thinking this thing's going to be really good i mean price wise it's i think it was 360 to 410 us dollars so i mean really something that's if it's well built that's that's not bad and it's not huge like the bazooka one the bdh uh twelve hundred dollar one that they came out with that switches it's so giant it you know it's really nice but it's it takes up so much space this thing is tiny love it love it next up justin we've got a a button box kind of thing for formula wheels yeah i'm still trying to figure out what this is about but conspit conspit um put an instagram out and it looks like a adapter of some sort for your rim with paddle shifters and various buttons yeah i think it's designed to where you could use your own rim and this will get mounted on the back of it um so you have you know what you need as far as a button box kind of like the old fanatic or fanatec um wheel adapt but you know button box wheel adapter is kind of what i get now the only concern would be those rotary dobs in the middle um i don't know you could have to drill something out if you didn't have that as far as uh pre-made holes on your wheel well do you have you to know, drill it out of the wheel or do you actually put it on the front you'd have to drill the you'd have to drill the hole in the oh. wheel then that would come through it looks like the wheel mounts to the front of this button box. yeah i, I when I, my instinct would be that it mounts to the front 
it, it, yes, it would mount to the front, but think about, I don't know. It just depends on the kind of wheel you use, I guess. If you've got a large, if you've got, a, say, a GT wheel, um, or even a maybe a GT4 or something style wheel, it's going to be more of a flat there. I would think that those would come through the metal, but I don't know. It, yeah, may, it, seems like it may be more specific to just their rim. It may have to, they may have to have, you may have to get a rim that goes with it. It may not work on just any rim. This reminds me of Ace Attack. I mean, you, they have that wheel system where you buy the button box thing and then you can buy rims to go with it. And you can all, they have all those different rims you pick from. So this is just a, a button box. So they don't show what rim. So, um, but yeah, conspit. I don't know. Every time we look at some of their products, you can't find much information about them. Very, <laughs> it's very frustrating. Yeah, especially on that Instagram post, they really, they really just don't throw that much on there. It's kind of a broken English problem kind of thing, I think. Yeah, if you go to their website, it's not on there, which is frustrating because but yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Well, this is coming soon, so it's not it's not even out yet. It's a tease, yeah. Well, you mentioned Asetech, uh, not John, Mike. So what about this next product from Asetech? Well, I was kind of poking around on their website, and I found this universal footrest, which is a little side panel that you mount to the side of the throttle, and then the right side of your foot kind of lays against it. So I guess your foot doesn't slide off kind of thing. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the look of it. I thought that would be kind of a neat addition to my pedal. Um, I don't know if, the, if it's really practical or needed, but hey, they sell it. I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, there's, you'll see these in, in real cars at times. Um, you know, there's, you can pick these up from different people. Um, I don't know. I've, I guess I've thought about it, but I move my my my, my throat my right foot around so much anyway. I'd probably get in the way with me. You know, I can see why you would want it in a real race car. You know, I don't. I just don't know if we need it sim racing. You know, I don't know that we're thrashing about so much that you know we're worried about the foot sliding off or that kind of thing. All right, next up, John, we have a McLaren wheel that's built from the same parts as the real rim. Yeah, uh, you know, as we've always said, there's no shortage in in new wheels, but this is a McLaren wheel from Asher Racing. And, of course, Asher, great products. It's got the McLaren uh, insignia right smack dab in the middle. I, I didn't see a price on it, but I assume... It's costly. It's got some RGB illuminated, illuminated high quality push buttons. I did find a price, so to jump in on you, eight hundred and thirty nine euros. Well, you know, to have the McLaren name on it, I'm I'm surprised it's not more than that. Honestly, you know, I'm. So I looked at this when you posted it. I don't know if Mike, if you put this on here or not. And I kept, I go to the website and I see the picture of the car and I'm like, that's a great looking wheel. It's got the rotaries in the middle. And I scroll down and I'm like, okay, where's the wheel with the rotaries? I'm like, well, that's definitely got to be an option. No, it's not an option. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it just throws me off. I mean, you're going to show a picture of the actual, the actual wheel with the rotaries for, for traction control and ABS, but that's not an option on the one that you're selling. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, it doesn't show up that way on the on the page. The price it already has the tax included, 
and there's um, upgradable options, including double shifter clutch paddles, because the, the cheapest version does not have clutch pedals on it. Well, when I look at this wheel, it's like a flat, blank surface right in the middle. Like, there's a logo, but there's no buttons, there's no knobs, there's no fancy lights, there's no screen. It's this blank space. And I just don't like that look. I just think it's a crap look, even though, like Brad said, there's a picture of the real wheel in a real car and it's got that same look. I still don't like it. Well, I, <laughs> so I think, I think it would be fine. If it no had, for me. I think it would be fine if it had the rotaries in the middle. Again, <laughs> you don't have the rotaries. Now look, go up here and click on wheels and go shop and look at, find the wheel called the Asher racing F 64 V three. It's 1100 euros. This baby is nice. Now, look, if you're going to buy an Asher wheel, this is the one I would buy, not the McLaren one. And you'll see it's got all the knobs and everything that you're looking for, Brad. In fact, when I would bought my Cube Controls F-Pro, it was when I narrowed it down to two wheels, it was the F-Pro and it was the Asher uh, V2 at the time. This is the V3. Yeah, it's a much nicer, more practical layout, especially if you're going to be running um you know multiple cars including formula cars uh the mclaren is specifically what you would get i guess it, sort of in a in an actual mclaren gt3 and the well, three wheels are just not as busy as a formula wheel yeah i mean and the whole selling point with this is, is is they're using identical components from the actual mclaren wheel that's the whole selling point there it's identical components except for the knobs which are missing and do we really yeah. care if it has the actual McLaren components? To some people, yes. I mean, that's look, people will pay an extra hundreds of dollars if something says Porsche on it. I mean, it's just that's how stupid we are. What was it, $9.9 billion industry? Yeah, well, you, got, remember, you got a point there. Remember Joe Rogan's rig, and they were trying to spend his money, you know, on as much as they could. I mean, I mean, we will spend money on a win sim. I mean, think about how mad that makes Brad. Ouch. All right. You mentioned rigs, Mike. How about a bill for a pro? Yeah, we got a video from Advanced Sim Racing from Canada um, on their YouTube channel, and they built a, uh, uh, a rig for IMSA driver Parker Thompson. And uh, it's your normal triples and uh 20 kind of thing it's a nice setup uh but they go through you know the different thoughts of design and how they wanted to make it match his new his real car is you know that kind of stuff yeah i thought it was a pretty cool video um i like seeing guys that are actual drivers and what they want in a rig to me that's cool um you know for giving ideas and stuff like that so uh, i thought it was a, it was a really neat video yeah, and you get a good look at the products that they offer. Um, you know, basically two people from Advanced Sim Racing showed up at this guy's house and built the rig right there in his uh, in his space. So pretty cool. Um, I also got a, a good look at that triple monitor mount they offer and uh, the way they wire it. The, they have a computer on the back end of the triple monitor mount. Um, they just bring it down to two cables only hanging off the bottom, you know, real clean look, lots of neat ideas. So go ahead, John. I was going to say who hasn't daydreamed 
about having somebody like Advanced Sim Racing come into your house and set you up with a rig like this. I mean, this is this is what we all want. Uh, we're not pro racers like Parker Thompson, but I love how they step you through the process of building a rig specifically for a particular driver. They can do it. You know, yep. dependent dependent on the price. I would have paid somebody to come set up my rig and get all the geometry and the FOV right and all that. That's I bet you it's taken me a full year to get everything right. I think I had an advantage when I got my stuff of being on the show and, and uh, with the 80, 20 rig gives you the ability to put everything where it really needs to go to. And I remember we covered a lot of videos about the proper pedal elevation when when i was getting my stuff because it's important that you're really your foot in a gt car i don't know about a cup car but in a gt car your your foot should be about even with where your butt is when you're when you're racing or close to almost close to, or closer to even your race line and um that that's what almost every recommendation has uh so i was i had all the sources and there's there's some fun with doing some of it yourself but on the other hand if you have a driver and two other people that the two people can move it while the driver's sitting in it. You know how much faster you can adjust stuff. Just like Justin said, when you're by yourself and you got to move that pedal tray, you know, an inch higher, you know, than it is, you know, it, you, you have to t get out of it. You have to take it apart. You have to move it. Okay. Get back in it, sit down. Okay. Is it the right spot? Nope. Okay. Let's move it again. Like when I was building my rig, I went through a lot of that trial and error of trying to get the wheels in the right spot compared to the seat, compared to the pedals and getting everything lined up. Right. Is that it's really hard to do. Then if you adjust it, you're going to scratch it every time. That's what the markers are for. All right, let's talk this next one collectively, I guess. NVIDIA has announced that they are going to retire their old control panel and replace it with a new app. And just taking a glance at the iRacing forums, it seems like some of the uh, sentiment is that it's about time. Yes, it's about time. I, mean, I think the uh, NVIDIA app is, what, probably about uh, 08, 09? I mean, it hasn't changed hardly at all in the last 15 years. And there's two apps. There's uh, the control panel, and there's the GeForce Experience. And I have to, I get the driver from the GeForce Experience, and then I use Control App to control. But apparently, this is going to replace both of those. Um, there'll just be one NVIDIA platform. And the the video, the guy who made the video was really keen on the fact that finally we don't have to log in to download a freaking driver, Thank you know, because they require you to put in a username, a password, or put in your Google account or whatever. Yeah, that's going away. That's weird. I don't think I've ever had to log in to get, get the drivers. Just go in and tell it what, what uh, card you have, and boom, you, it takes you right to the download. I've never had to log into NVIDIA. Do you run GeForce Experience? No, because uh, most – I was going to chime in on that, too. Most uh, in uh, – most optimization videos and texts tell you to disable GeForce Experience, uninstall it. it, it it's not worth it for iRacing, especially with VR. I'll just wait for this new software, though. Well, that was definitely that was definitely one of the things that we that I uninstalled when I went through the op, the uh, optimizations videos. 
All right. This one is made for Mike. Is the perfect alignment a real possibility? It is with Track Racer's new adjustable monitor mounts. And Sean Cole from the SimPit reviews these products. And uh, I'm impressed. I mean, they look really easy to use. Um, this is a take off of the the ones I got from Sim Labs. Now, the ones I got from Sim Lab are super tiny and you have to use a little uh allen wrench to twist it and you can't really get the allen wrench in there and it's really hard to kind of do it well this one is bigger and it's got actual knobs that you can put your fingers on to to adjust the up down the left right the tilt yep i ordered the sim lab ones and i think a week after i ordered them track racer released these so uh you, know, you can do similar things the sim labs are great um but I agree with you, Mike. It is very painful and difficult having to pull out an Allen wrench, you know, an Allen key and try to put it in there and turn it and you can't hardly reach it. And, oh, it's a pain, but um, a good video. You know, he shows that with those, you know, you can get things adjusted properly, whether you're using some labs, you're using track racers. I think Advanced Embracing's probably got one too. Um, they, it, in order to get your triples lined up properly, you need these. Um, you just can't do it any other way. Um, I mean, you can, you can use washers, you can use all kinds of other stuff to try to get your alignment straight, but it just makes it so much easier once you, with using these, you can just adjust them very small. You can, you can get the, the level right, you know, front to back and everything. So I would strongly suggest if you're fighting with your triples, you definitely need to get some adjustable mounts. Now, why would you Sorry, John. Why would you go through all that hassle to get it all nice and lined up like that and then put your relative right across the bezel? Well, that's a good I, question. I, I, I don't. I don't do that. Well, I, I got a hold of Track Racer because I was having trouble lining mine up. And lo and behold, I show you in front of the camera, Track Racer hooked me up with three of these. Uh, these things that Sean Cole is, is reviewing. So I can tell you firsthand, uh, first, thank you, Track Racer, for taking care of me on this. But I'm going to hook these up this weekend and see how they work because I have three of these now. And, you know, the, the thing about lining up the triples is you've got the up, the down, the left, right, the tilt forward, the tilt back. And these things will adjust all of that. So, you know, I think this is the way to finally deal with the hassle of getting these things lined up. So, John, let me tell you, get your center monitor perfect. Get your center monitor exactly where you want it. Get it level, both horizontal, get it level vertical, and then go from there. If, you're, if your center monitor is not right, they'll never be right. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, get this center monitor put where I want it, and then use these adjustables for the left and the right to even it up with what I've got in the middle and I should be set to go. But I, you know, these things, I mean, looking at them, uh, I think this is going to be the answer to my problem. So my question on the product that John is, is it going to push out your monitors forward towards you more than they are right now? Like, does it add thickness in there? Cause it's in between the monitor and the, mount yes i do think it's going to do that by maybe about an inch and a half no, um, no it won't the original mounts that come with track racers 
or very similar to that. It's an L-shaped, and it would have shut it. it, it it's probably going to be a little bit further, but I don't think it'll be that much. And at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think you'll 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 it'll affect you much. No, I, I Brad, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not going to be that much, and it's not. To be honest with you, if it does push it a little bit closer, that's actually a good thing. So I'm, yeah, I I don't think it's going to be a problem at all. It may, it may be a positive. When I added the SimLab um, Visa mount things, it moved the monitor forward to not much, a half inch maybe or something. But that was enough that it messed up everything else. And I had to actually move my uprights back a half inch to to compensate. So keep that in mind, folks, if you're going to get these products, that you may have to adjust where your uprights are. Then what I would suggest, Curly, is I did the same thing. I just got the SimLab mount and redid my whole setup and used that. I never used it until recently, the Samsoid calculator, and to get your FOV right. So when you, like Brad said, when you get that center monitor perfect, even the tilt forward and vertical and horizontal, uh, then get your angle, your monitors, whatever that calculator tells you. And that was, I should have, I was bullheaded. I should have started with that in the very beginning. Yeah, this, I mean, you got to put in some effort on this and a little bit of time to get it right because, you know, yeah, you can throw these monitors on and just start racing, but it, it does make a difference. And I think, uh, Justin, you told me this week earlier to go into some of the camera settings on iRacing to actually fix your FOV correct, and I've got to go in and do that. Get your monitor set up straight first, and then you can make your FOV adjustments in there. Yeah, the one thing with doing it in the camera settings is it you can do it unique to each car. So if you've got to adjust a little bit the seat forward or back, or if you need to adjust the height, um, you can if you do it in the camera settings. Um, you can you can save it to each car, so it can be it can be different. If you make the changes just in the F9 box, the black box, uh, it's going to affect all of your cars. You know, your horizon. I set that in my my black box. That doesn't change because my eye level doesn't change with the screens ever. Um, but then you can go in and make your seat adjustments uh, in the cameras. You know, my thing was, is when I was trying to get my FOV right, what I thought the FOV should have been wasn't actually the right FOV in the game or, yeah, in the sim. And so that's what was, I was fighting myself. I'm like, this ain't right. This ain't right. And finally, I just trusted the process. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yep. Get a tape measure, go from your eyes to your center screen. And that's where you got to start. Good point. Like, get the monitors where you want them. They're all mounted and done. Get the tape measure out. Then you type those numbers into the sim and go with it. Yep. Figure out what your side angles are. Um, you know, you, you may get a little limited. And if you get, like, when I redid all of mine again, um, I wanted to drop mine down some. And then I had to make a few adjustments because I had one that kept sagging. So once I made those adjustments, my ang my my side angles are probably a little bit tighter than most people, which is fine. Um, but you can adjust for that too. But again, biggest thing, get the center one straight, get your distance, and then go off of there. Um, if you do not have the correct FOV, it, it's, it's just pointless. You're, you're wasting the triples if you don't have your FOV right. No. I uh, I. Sorry, John. I was I was going to ask one thing. Have you guys seen Donnie's triple swing out monitor mount thing, where he got from Sim Coaches? 
he, his left monitor literally opens up like it's swing. It's on a swivel. And I wonder how, if, you know, does Donnie have problems with alignment because of this moving triple monitor mount? Well, it probably has a lock position for in and out. It would make it easier getting in and out. I mean, like for me, you know, when I push the seat all the way back, I mean, I kind of have to slip out the side a little bit just because I have my monitors in a little bit tighter. Um, but it's not a big deal. Um, I've looked at that, you know, thought that would probably be nice. Um, you know, maybe as I get older, it's not as easy to slip. I'll put something in there. Yeah, I think it, it pro it's probably got a notch where it locks on correct to the correct alignment when he closes it. Yeah. If I ever go bigger, I mean, I've run 27s now. If I go bigger than that, I'll have to do something because if I run them at a similar angle, it'll be, you know, it's going to be past my head and I'll have to crawl out. All right, let's move over to a wheel, but it's not a formula wheel. Actually, it's a question about the canvas and whether or not it's legit. DJEG has replaced his Logitech wheel with his Kamek Direct Drive wheel. John, have you given this one a watch? Yes, I have. DJEJ, he's one of our favorite YouTubers for iRacing. You know, he's been using the Logitech G29, I think he said, for 10 years. Uh, and he's he's worn that badge proudly, but Camus uh, sent him the C5 wheelbase and pedal set. Uh, now, he's DJ's not a, he's not a reviewer, okay? He doesn't do equipment reviews, but he did give his assessment on this. Uh, his first foray into the the direct drive wheel and you know uh i think he's got a little more time he needs to sit in on this but uh it i think he's going to keep driving this thing oh yeah he loved it i mean he his reaction of wow this is feels different than the, what i'm used to with the logitech uh, wheel he he mentioned you know the notchiness or the gear you can almost feel gears in the wheel in his old wheel uh this being smoother you know because of the direct drive you know we can i think a lot of us can relate to this if you started you know with a, a well for me it would have been a g25 and then go into the the fanatech uh, club sport which was a belt driven i mean going from gear drive to belt drive was huge and then yeah i left the sim uh in 16 with a belt drive and then coming in with uh with, with direct drive now it's 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 just it's amazing how much of a difference there is between all of them yep and i think dj ej also you know you watch this and you realize you don't really need to go crazy on equipment and enjoy the sim you can get by with a 250 dollars camas package you know just fine and he's happy as a pig in slop with it to each his own some of us it's an addiction my experience i've said this several times uh a super talented driver can run really good on on the older equipment it's this mediocre guys that that need the help of the equipment and it i can tell you right now both the pedals and the wheel made a huge difference i agree yeah I, yep. it helps me for sure well i think he he said he picked up about a half a second a lap with this so you know, for the long haul of a race, a half a seconds—that's a lot of time. Well, and he's I, a driver coach. Yeah, you know, I can say that the, the biggest thing that I noticed 
you know, going to a direct drive wheel was how much easier it was to catch the car um, just because the quickness of the direct drive versus a belt driven or even a gear driven. Um, that was the biggest difference that I noticed. You know, you can feel the car starting to, to, to get away from you much quicker and it's much easier to save it. You know, Mike, I think you mentioned this several episodes ago with this camera setup. I mean, you can travel with this thing. You can take your laptop. This thing's small enough to go on the road with. So if you're going to be out of town, you can take this thing with you and drive on the road. Very portable, yes. Because there's not a wheelbase per se. Remember, the direct drive is part of the actual wheel rim. It's an interesting concept. Seems like it may be the best option for entry level, I think, now. It's It's too bad it's not probably on the shelf like the other cars are. I mean, other guys are Logitech and Thrustmaster. Just, just one word though. Uh, the pedals that came with this this package, he did not like those. So you might want to think about maybe a different pedal set. Speaking of pedal sets, uh, Mike, we have pedals from SimWorks. Man, these are nice. I just pulled up their website. They're from Australia, and they're two thousand two hundred and ten dollars. Uh, that's a lot for pedals um, that are not active pedals. Man, that's a that's a big number. It's comparable to sim coaches. I take sim coaches over this any day. Um, looking at it, I can't tell it, if it's even hydraulic. It does appear it, that it could be hydraulic, but it doesn't look like the standard hydraulic configuration. Twenty two hundred dollars for only a hundred and forty. Kilogram load, load cell. That's that's sad. I would expect something at least two hundred. So if if it's just load cell, yeah, hard pass. They look nice. Sim works with an X. Well, expensive load cell pedals. So if you're into overpriced expensive load cell pedals, this is your cup of tea. <laughs> Let's go from extremely expensive to extremely cheap, Mike. Or actually, I'll throw this one to Brad. Yep. So uh, I got a video here from uh, Daniel Morad. Shares seven items under twenty-five bucks that'll make your sim racing uh, experience better. So I watched this, um, and he talks about socks. Um, you know, if you don't, as opposed to using regular socks, you know, he now granted he does sell sim socks that have grip on the bottom. Um, you know, I was a sock racer years ago. Um, don't don't do socks anymore. Um, Velcro strips, you know, for cable management stuff like that. Um, you know, he's got the the tubes for the uh, for the fans. You know, he he says he doesn't run the fancy you know uh, wind sim. He's just looking for cooling. Um, but you can do that if you'd like. Um, uh, trying to remember some of the other stuff that he talked about. I watched it last night. Um, camera mounts. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Camera camera mounts. So, I mean, look, some some pretty neat stuff. That's just you know, it's it's little stuff like that that you end up picking up. I mean, I picked up Velcro straps when I redid mine. Um, you know, they're super easy and it makes it easy to move stuff around and you know as opposed to zip tying everything. Um, you know, if you got eighty twenty, I think he talks about the you can get the. Uh, the little clips for your cables and stuff like that. So, um, and I like to have my, my rig, I'm OCD, incredibly OCD. So you won't hardly see a, a cord anywhere on mine because they got to be hidden because I don't want to look at them. Um, but no, a good video just for to give you some ideas. He talks about the tennis racket uh, 
wrap, like a grip wrap. Not a bad idea. I never thought about putting that on a wheel, but uh, maybe your wheel is worn at the handles or something. Uh, he's like, well, you get a fresh wheel here, just wrap it. Yeah, I mean, I wear gloves, so um, I mean, I've got both my wheels are, are Al- Alcantara, um, so I wear gloves, so I don't mess them up, but I never thought about using a tennis wrap. Well, the next item is also, it looks like it's handy for sim rig management. Uh, where do you put your power strips and cables? Tell us about it, John. Yeah, we uh, so simracingcomponents.com has a K-stand cable kit. Uh, $269. What what it allows you to do is position the PC case and at the same time hide all your cables, power strips, transformers in a box. Uh, you know, it, it and Brad, this would work great for you because it makes the workstation tidy. It makes cable management easier. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm looking at it. Looks like it's a quality build. build. $269. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it's an option. I mean, it, it's not a bad idea. When I built mine, I've got a track racer and I got the shelf PC shelf for the back. So I have my PCs directly behind, um, my center monitor and the PC shelf there is big enough to where I've got, you know, the three power supplies for the, the mon- monitors are all lined up on that nice and neat. Um, you know, I don't know if I like the idea of everything being in a box and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about heat. That'd be my only concern with this is to have that stuff in a box. I like it. I mean, I was looking for something like this when I did my build, I ended up with a regular PC shelf from advanced sim racing. Um, this is basically the same thing, but it's got, like you said, a box underneath the store cabling power strips and that kind of stuff. Um, in fact, when I put the PC shelf on the rig, I was looking at the bottom of it going like, how can I attach stuff to the bottom of this thing? Uh, and I ended up not doing that, but um, it's a neat idea. I use, um, it's this super aggressive double-sided tape is what I, what I bought, Mike. And this stuff is crazy. I mean, like I've got a power strip that's, attached to the side of the the base of the the rig um i'll get you the name of that stuff but you could put if you wanted to put power strips or something up underneath your shelf this stuff is 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 just crazy aggressive and it's if you want to take it down you just pull it off and it'll come right off and doesn't leave marks or anything it's really good all right mike when did we start putting cat videos on the script (laughs) well you notice it's the last story on the show uh, but yeah, we have a new pedals I've never heard of from Simson Pro Pedals. So and it's not Sim a cat Racing video? Corner. Yeah, he, he's got a cat looking at the pedals on the video here. So anyway, this is uh, an interesting video. It's not a review video. It's a, uh, you know, ASMR video, like we talked about before. Uh, ASMR is like a show-off video, but he's basically got basically got the pedal on a pedestal that's rotating 360 degrees and he just got the video you know it's a very short video three minutes but you get a good look at it um there's no audio you know it's got some music and stuff but there's no voice or talking about it it's just uh, a show off so these pedals uh, i looked at these um i think they you buy them from aliexpress i think that's what it is um yep not not stupid expensive um you know, 
I think we we looked at a similar one of these. What is it? The Simjax, and then there's the we looked at one Ghost. Wall, Ghost that's what it was. Um, very similar. Um, you know, entry level. They look pretty good. Um, you know, there's lots of mods out there for for changing the brake, the uh, springs, and stuff like that. But uh, you know, the AliExpress yeah. stuff. I get a little leery about it, but some of the stuff on there is like stupid cheap, and it just makes me. I'm concerned how cheap it is. If you let the whole video row, it shows all three pedals as well. It just kind of flicks between one and the other. $84. Yeah. Might go good with a canvas. Get a set of those. Put them in your backpack and go. Well, since that was the last topic, let's roll into results, Mike. Right, let's talk NASCAR iRacing Series Thursday fixed. And is that the right place to start? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, because Thursday fixed is right after the show. Okay. I uh, ran, I got a pretty good race going, but there was a blinker. And it was really bad, and everyone told him to go to the back, but he said, I can't turn off my stream, so sorry. There's nothing I can do. He eventually wrecked the field and I got caught up in that with three and a half minutes, three and a half minutes damage with 35 to go. And and it was just on from there. Um, I think I finished 16th. Friday open, DNF again. I was minding my own business running fifth right after halfway, uh, second and third tangled. I go to miss it. I barely clipped them, seven minutes damage. Justin, P6. Yeah, I tried a little different. Lost you. Yeah, I can't hear you. How about now? Yep. Yeah, your green button went off. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. No, um, tried a little different strat. Uh, I didn't qualify. I figured I could at least void a couple wrecks off the start if I stayed in the back. And yeah, um, just waited until about 10 laps to go and worked my way to the front. P6. He had P Rex. Yeah, and y'all probably got your ears hurt when I screamed on this one because, man, was this irritating. I ran top five the whole race, and if you want to look at the script, you can get, get more colorful language. Um, was, we were saving fuel running on the outside lane in a top five breakaway. Now, the inside line could just not get to us. Running smooth, gonna or we're all going to make it easy to go and i'm like all right i'm gonna have a shot for the win but mainly just get the top five and get a good finish this week and the guy in front of me while we're just running on the wall not trying to make any spots up he gets stuck on the wall and slows down dramatically and and in the process of trying to avoid him i bounce off of him and cut down into the inside lane and and get turned not the other guy's fault um and just just destroyed uh and then it all does go to shit and i literally got 20x in within 10 minutes of being at 0x when this all started and just every accident after that was right in front of me chris waldron p19 took the white flag up high on fifth spot leaders wrecked i almost missed it but got clipped in my bumper all right now sunday open i ran a p2 Man, I was happy with that. We ended up with green flag stops at one point. My screen froze. I fell from 6 to uh, 22nd in just a millisecond. It was the weirdest thing ever. Like in on my from my point of view, 
it had only been a quarter of a turn, like uh, from, it was turn two to the back stretch. It was just like a, a second. But on, but when I came back on, I was way back. I was like a straight away back from everywhere I was. And so it really kind of threw me off. Like, why did it put me back so far? But anyway, with late cautions, um, I ended up staying up front. On the final restart, I was able to get from six to second, and I almost won it, um, but didn't. But I'm really happy to get that finish. Uh, David, you had a P5. Yeah, things finally fell my way. I was kind of a little more up and down this race. Wasn't always right at the very front, and we had some late cautions. And then the last one, I got to start on the outside, which was a little advantageous for us. Seemed, seemed the outside could dominate the first couple of laps before the inside really got formed up and was able to squeeze out a top five. Chris Waldron, P15, got caught up in a wreck on the last lap while running seventh. I'm 131st in points. Justin, P35. Yeah, horrible. Um, I was running front of, with the front group and a guy started in the pit. So we came up on him quick. It was only within 15 laps and he couldn't hold a line and he wrecked the group and I was done. Damn. Tony Rochette, P5. Been sick last few days and needed to get a start in. Started mid-pack and got caught in getting tagged in a few people's spins. Finished in the double green-white checker without a front end. P5, nice run. And then Greg wrecked out on the first lap. His uh, stream was six minutes long. I went to watch Greg's stream after it was only six minutes. All right, and then Sunday fixed. P19, total shit show. I kept getting involved in everybody's cautions. I got DQ'd out as I crossed the checkered flag, P19. Justin, P14. Yeah, um, yeah, I worked my way up to the front. I came to a green-white checkered, P1, starting that green-white checkered. I made it to turn three, and everybody's go-to is past you under the, uh, or not the yellow, it's red line there. And you, you get wrecked every single time you go up, either wrecked outside line, you stay your position, and he hooks you. So yeah, I'm probably 0 for 10 on green-white checkers. I don't think I've ever closed a race winning or being on pole. Ouch. John, P23. Yeah, this is the fixed race. Uh, you know, it, it, too many guys with no patience. That's the usual. Got caught up in everybody's messes. You know, nothing wrong with fixed races. I mean, I think they're pretty cool because it comes down to driver skill. Not so much car setup, but it's always a poop show, man. So, P23 on that one. I got to call you out on that. It doesn't come down to driver skill. It comes down to which drivers fit the, the fixed setup. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there's something to that. Uh, I don't disagree with you. But, you know, I mean, sometimes open setups can make a difference uh but you know when you get into fixed races you're getting with guys that well you don't know what you're getting and and it was a poop show and some of that can be that some of them may jump into the fixed race because they don't have to practice the set All right and then we'll move on to vegas wednesday open I got a P16. I had a pretty good race going until about a little after halfway and I got totally collected in a giant wreck. Six minutes damage. I was able to hold on to the lead lap and finish last car on the lead lap, P16. Man, 11 cautions, I think it was. David, P21. 
Yeah, as I've been getting my I rating back, I got in a kind of tough split. It was about 3,800 of the I rating. Justin was in here. He smoked me. Well, maybe he got P15. I finished P21, and it was just didn't have good speed. We went caution-free. But I did find something on the last run that I was doing wrong that was affecting my pace, short run and long run. So it was nice, though, to go caution-free and have the car finish where, where it should have finished. And I also gained a lot of SR that I needed back with that caution-free no X's race. Got back up into the threes on the SR because Atlanta and Daytona with all those just piling on 20 X's and 20 X's was, was killing my SR. All right, and then Justin, P15. Yeah, like David said, I was in his split. Uh, this race kind of humbled me on how good I am because this was the hardest P15 I ever uh, ra uh, race for I qualified P15 I stayed P15 I I couldn't gain nothing and um, I maybe could have won on a better strat not won but did a little better on a better strat but yeah alright and then John P6 yeah I mean this one this was a good race setup was spot on ran conservative first oh half of the race to save tires we had three early cautions because uh, of the usual stupidity but then uh 50 lap green flag run leaders pitted on like lap 35 of that and i stayed out for 47 laps i was still running good fast laps after 47. staying out helped a lot by the time everything sorted out on the pit stops i went from p19 to p12 we had three cautions in the last 10 laps i went from 10th to 12th then 11th on the green-white checker, got by four cars driving the inside line, and then finally a fifth car, and set up was on rails. It was a good race. Justin was watching that race, helped me through it a little bit, so good finish. That was a nice run. Tyler Williamson, P11, caution during green flag stops with 20 to go, ruined the gamble on pit road. Fast speed on the long runs, taking care of that right front. Ran to 14th, then a caution setting up the green-white checker to finish 11th. Happy with the finish and the zero X, I'll take it. Brad, P27. Yeah, not a uh, not a good night. So started 19th, um, and I really just couldn't get going moving forward. We just had yellow after yellow. Um, ended up picking up a little bit of track position. So I think like third yellow stayed out. Um, drove up to just outside the top 10. Uh, then got caught up in an accident. Um, and like I told you guys, really didn't have anywhere to go. Um, Ended up with meatball, wheel damage, uh, you know, went in and got stuff fixed, got back out 34th. Uh, soldiered on one, picked up, you know, about seven spots uh, as we just continued to have cautions. Um, you know, we had 10 of them all, all, all together. Um, you know, it's just the lack of racecraft was astounding last night. Um, just it's hard to see guys just continue to wreck each other. Um, you know, we had 10 yellows out of 134 lap race. It was like 40 some laps under yellow. It's ridiculous. Um, we'll try again tomorrow night, but uh, I just hope this isn't what the season is to come. Not a, not a, not a good time. Yeah, your, your race and my race were pretty ugly last night. Um, Thursday open, uh, Tony Rochette ran with me. I got a P16. Tony got P10. It was a P first to third car till I kept hitting the wall and exit and fell three fourths of the way through the race, but made it back to the top 10 with no nose and a janty wheel. All right, let's talk other racing. I ran the FIA F4 at Bathurst. 
qualified seventh out of 20. By the end of lap one, I was an in, in the incident and fell to P12, but then worked my way up in several different battles to finish P3. Great podium at Bathurst in a 10 lap race. Look, I didn't do the 12 hours, but I did want to get a start there this week. And uh, man, really happy with a P3. John, uh, Draftmaster. Yeah, I get a P22 on that. You know, the third lap I'm running up front and some goofball took it three wide in turn three, took us both out. Typical Draftmaster move by the miscreant. No reason to think it would work. He should have known better. You know, I, I got to tell you guys, Draftmaster is like being a smoker. You know, you shouldn't do it, but you keep on doing it. And I, I think I'm done. Uh, no more Draftmaster for me. People listeners quit it quit trying to go three wide on lap three it ain't gonna work don't do it i quit john it's nis you got to protect your ir right now stay away and then eight opens uh tyler williamson las vegas p13 solid speed all race hanging mid-pack with the green flag stop with about 40 to go a bit a slow on pit road entry cost spots but wound up cycling through to a p13 with a zero x best part was watching teammate brad kick butt on the long runs a fun race uh chris waldron p5 was leading the bottom row with one to go but top was just a bit faster I ran, I wrecked out. I took a guy three wide on the outside. He couldn't hold his lane in the middle and he came up and destroyed us. You know what made me so mad at the beginning of the race? I told you guys to watch out for so-and-so and guess who I wrecked with? Yeah, so-and-so. I watched that race, Mike, you called it. I should know better not to take that guy three wide. All right, John, you got a P9. Yeah, it was a, a clean race considering it was Atlanta. We only had four cautions. I had a fast car, but it is so hard to pass on that track. Uh, got caught on the outside for quite a while, and we just couldn't move up. But not a bad finish. I'll take a P9. Could have done better, but uh, nine's all right. All right, and Brad, P5. Yep, so Tyler and I were in the, uh, the same split, uh, A open Tuesday night. Uh, in Vegas, so ended up with a P5. Um, car was so good on long runs. Uh, drove up all the way to, to P3 on a 45 lap run. Uh, went through the green flag stops. Uh, ended up driving back up to P5. Um, thinking about it, another 15 laps or so. Probably could have driven all the way to the lead. So um, it was a fun night. You know, was super excited after finishing there. Looking forward to Wednesday, and then everything was just let down, defeated after last night. All right, we're gonna try again tomorrow. All right, jump to final thoughts, David Hall. Well, unfortunately, we've had to have an intervention uh, with one of our drivers. Uh, he's addicted to brake fluid. We tried to talk to him about it, but he just says he can stop anytime he wants. I just came across that randomly browsing while we were talking and, and I had to bring that one up. That's the, that's one of the best dad jokes ever. I think, um, uh, and Greg actually just posted that he thinks he, he, he should really try to break the habit. I really don't have anything. It's, uh, it was nice to have a, uh, a finally a good finish in Atlanta. Um, and to get out of the to safety rating jail and uh we'll just see how the next uh 
race goes. All right, final thoughts, Brad Wren. Uh, glad to be gone from the uh, drafting tracks. Hope to get a better finish tomorrow night at Vegas. Um, you know, excited for next week. I'm curious about the rain. Um, see how that's going to do. So I'm sure we'll all have some uh, some uh, some insight to report on the next podcast. And uh, yeah, looking forward to a new new season. I'm gonna try to focus a little bit on IMSA uh, for season two. Um, that's going to be the big push on outside of NIS and. Uh, you know, just uh, just enjoy being you know with you guys. It's fun racing when you got guys to talk to, and we all encourage each other, and that's uh, it makes it enjoyable. It really does. Yeah, as far as the teams going, man, we're hitting on all cylinders. A lot of participation. Everyone's having fun. Um, chats just popping seven days a week. So yeah, we're having a great time. All right, uh, John Curley, final thought. Yeah, I, you know, I would just say thanks to you guys uh, for the team, the camaraderie. I've enjoyed watching races. I've enjoyed having guys help me through races. Uh, I would encourage everybody out there, find a team, get on a team. It's it's a positive. And, uh, yeah, we, it, th- this team is, is going good. Let's keep it up. All right. Very good. My final thoughts, um, looking forward to the new build, uh, Rain. Definitely um, going to be trying that. Um, that's going to be a priority. And then looking forward to the license split, the open wheel license thing. And I think I'm going to try to revisit the whole open wheel ladder system. Maybe go back to the beginning and kind of refresh and start over. I kind of got uh, comfortable in the FIAF4 and I haven't really ventured away from that because I don't feel like I'm fast enough yet to really get into a bigger car. So uh, I don't know, with the, with the way the license is happening, maybe I'll start over, but uh, that's kind of my thought. But uh, hey, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.